This is episode 714 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's episode is about energy and food. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. So other benefits include members-only videos, periodic webinars, and online meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. To join the community, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. You guys also want to encourage you to head on over to Buy Me a Coffee, and the link is in the show notes or over at theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And there I'm sharing out just fun things that I'm doing. I'm kind of using that as my social media, but that's also the place where you can sign up for the monthly subscription, or you can also pay for a yearly subscription to receive the 10 most popular articles on Prepper website every single week. Well, I send that to you through email. And so that way you don't have to worry about heading over to Prepper website and going through all the different articles that we link to. We send you the 10 very best ones, the the top ones uh, by clicks to your email. So if you're interested in that, head on over to buy me a coffee And then also just check out just the fun stuff that I'm having over there. All right, so let's go ahead and dig into our article. So I actually have two articles today. One is from uh, the economiccollapseblog.com, and that's uh, Michael Schneider's blog. And everyone who's been listening for a while is very familiar with that. And then also I'm going to be jumping to an article called Amounts of Various Foods That Buckets Will Hold and How to Store Them. And so that is dealing with food buckets. So that's why I'm calling this episode energy and food, because we're going to be talking about both of these things, which really are both important where we're coming from. So let me start off by saying this. We are entering into a situation where most people alive today have not experienced. Supply chain problems coupled with energy issues added to problems with our food supply will make things uncomfortable. How can we prepare now for what some say is soon to come? Energy and food is the topic we are looking at today. And so I'm going to look at these articles and then I just have some commentary that I want to share at the end. So first, let's go ahead and go over to the economiccollapseblog.com. Again, like I said, Michael Snyder's uh, blog over there. And uh, I, I love Michael's work because he's always linking to other sources. So it's just like, not complete opinion over there. So again, the title is The Global Energy Crisis is Going to Take the Everything Shortage to an Entirely New Level. So let's go ahead and dig into this one. So this is going to be one tough winter. On top of everything else we are facing, a very alarming energy crisis is rapidly growing all over the world. Supplies of natural gas and coal are getting tighter by the day, and this is dramatically affecting manufacturing in major exporters such as China. So that means that less stuff is going to be coming across the ocean in the months ahead. 
and that means that the shortages in our stores are going to be getting even worse. This is really happening, and we are going to have to deal with it. Of course, store shelves are already getting pretty bare all around the country. They are calling it the everything shortage, quote unquote, and it has been intensifying with each passing week. I have so much to talk about that I am not even sure where to begin, and so I'm just going to start with the Bigly Piggly Wiggly in Charleston, West Virginia. Store owner Jeff Joseph says that a shortage of Gatorade is one of the biggest issues that he is currently wrestling with. Quote, If you've been to the grocery store lately, you may have noticed some of your favorite product products aren't available. At the Bigly Piggly Wiggly in Charleston, West Virginia, the sections where they keep Gatorade is close to empty. Who would think that Gatorade would be a problem to get in the store? But apparently it is, and it is something that we have been wrestling with for quite some time now, said Jeff Joseph, store owner, end quote. Day after day, I see more local news reports like this. I just picked this one out because I really like the name of the store. And my readers continue to send me emails about what conditions are like where they live. One reader that is located in Pennsylvania was deeply alarmed by lack of milk and dog food during her last visit to the supermarket. Quote, yesterday I was at our giant supermarket on Linglestown Road, a few miles from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It is the largest giant in the area. I was at the milk section. There were maybe more than 10 empty rows with no milk in them. My husband wanted chocolate milk. They had only one brand. I was looking for dog treats and found out they moved the aisle. There was not as many brands. They are taking the dog food bags and moving them out to the front of the shelf to make them look full, but there are no bags behind them. We like Arizona canned tea, but I had to settle for a big bottle instead. Canned tea is hard to get. The aisles with the toilet paper and towels were half empty. I wanted some Nutter Butter cookies like I need them, but they had none, end quote. In southwestern Arkansas, it sounds like things are even worse. We had been warned that there would be a shortage of toys during this holiday season, and one of my readers says that this that she is already noticing a huge change. Quote, it is horrifying to walk through a Dollar General store down here in southwestern Arkansas. There are bare shelves, the toy aisles normally flooded this time of year in anticipation of Christmas. There's nothing there like what should normally be there. Brookshire's is the premium market down here, and they do not have frozen turkeys, and the frozen chicken that was purchased, Tyson chicken, I bought a five-pound flat of drumsticks. There were still feathers on some of the pieces of chicken. Wow, okay, that's that's kind of crazy there. I had to wash, pluck, and wow, just wow. What the factories must be like these days is all I'm saying, end quote. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's absolutely nuts right there. Can you imagine? I mean, someone who's not used to something like that, going and, and getting chicken from the grocery store and finding feathers and stuff on it. Oh man, uh, we have never seen anything like this before and the experts are telling us that the months in front of us are going to be even worse. These days, even big corporate news outlets are constantly running stories about the shortages. The following is an excerpt, excerpt from one report that was entitled, America is running out of everything. Quote, I visited CVS last week to pick up some at-home COVID-19 tests. They'd been sold out for a week, an employee told me. So I asked about paper towels. We are out of those too, he said. Try Walgreens. I drove to a Walgreens that had paper towels. But when I asked a pharmacist to fill some very common prescriptions, he told me the store had run out. Try the Target up the road, he suggested. 
Target's pharmacy had the meds, but its front area was alarming, alarmingly barren, like the canned food section of a grocery store one hour before a hurricane makes landfall, end quote. All right, guys, I think I've talked, I talked about this even just in the prep votional that I, that I had this last week. I think we're, we're going to see shortages. And I said I wasn't going to have commentary till the end, but let me just jump in here. We're going to have shortages. And I think we're going to see different parts and different areas of the country experience different things. I jokingly on Buy Me a Coffee put up a, um, I guess, a picture, uh, you know, and the title was The Apocalypse Has Begun because I wasn't able to find my uh, hazelnut creamer, right? And so it had been three weeks of going to the store, not being able to find any. Now, I didn't go without because I always have stock. And so I'm good with that. But um, it, it had been three weeks. So this last Saturday, which is yesterday, I went to the grocery store and I was able to find them. So they had they had about six of them. So I, I grabbed enough to, to feel like I was stocked up and I left some for the next person. But I think that we're going to see that in in the exclusive email group, different people are sharing out about, hey, what they see when they're going to the grocery stores. And I think that's what it is. What some parts of the country are are noticing that are low in stock, others are not. And it's just the way things are being shipped and the, the shortages that people are feeling because things are not getting to the stores in time or because of the overall shortages, right? And I really do think that that is going to continue happening. We'll hear from one part of the country that says, hey, we don't have this. Another part of the country will say, uh, we have that, but we don't have this and so forth and so forth. All right. So continuing on with this article in the past, any shortages were always very temporary, but these shortages aren't going to go away anytime soon. In fact, that same article that I just quoted openly admitted that this is the economy now. Quote, this is the economy now. One-hour errands are now multi-hour odysseys. Next-day deliveries are becoming day-after-next deliveries. That car part you need, it'll take an extra week. Sorry. The book you were looking for, come back in November. The baby crib you bought, make it December. Eyeing a new home improvement job that requires several construction workers? Haha. Pray for 2022. All right. Exactly. And, and guys, so this was this was, article went out on October 7th and uh, three days ago. So what was that? I recorded my prep votional on Monday. So it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I think we're all starting to see it and starting to notice it. Even the usual optimistic talking heads on television are warning us that the colossal problems that have caused this epic global supply chain crisis are not going to be resolved for the foreseeable future. Meanwhile, as I noted above, a very frightening global energy crisis threatens to take the everything shortage to an entire new level. On Thursday, the Wall Street Journal ran an article entitled Natural Gas Shortage Sets Off Scramble Ahead of Winter that really freaked a lot of people out. All over the planet, nations are feverishly trying to secure sufficient supplies of natural gas for the months ahead. Normally, there is a spike of demand in the middle of winter, but at this moment, we are nowhere close to that point. In fact, summer just officially ended a couple of weeks ago. So if things are this bad already, what are we going to be facing in a few months? At the same time, a very serious shortage of coal is pushing prices up to absolutely absurd levels. Quote, Australia's Newcastle Thermal Coal, a global benchmark, 
is trading at $202 a metric ton, three times higher than at the end of 2019. Global production of coal, which generates around 40,000 of the world's electricity, is about 5% below pre-pandemic levels. In Europe, the rising prices of coal and other energy resources have hit factory output and driven household energy bills higher. Major coal importers in Asia, including Japan and South Korea, are jostling to secure supplies. We have never seen an energy crisis this severe in modern times, and it is already having a dramatic impact on manufacturing in China. In recent weeks, however, this is quote, sorry, quote, in recent weeks, however, officials have begun a much more aggressive rationing program, with factories in much of Guangdong now seeing only one to two days per week of power use allowed. Similar situations are reportedly occurring in Jiangsu, Hubei, and Fujian provinces, all major manufacturing regions. As just one example, one of my U.S.-based import customers has reported that a key supplier in Jiangsu is down to a single day per week of power availability. Limited but expanded power rationing is also occurring in Zhejiang, I'm, guys, I know I'm, I'm, I'm murdering these, Shandong, Laoning, and other important heavy industrial chemical and ind- energy product hubs. All right, guys, so that's in China. So one of the things, uh, I guess I was going to wait to say that. Well, I'm at the end. So let, let me end it here and let me share what I was going to say. So what does this mean? It means that China is going to be exporting a lot less stuff to us And so our store shelves will continue to get bare and bare. For more than a decade, I have been warning that we should have never allowed ourselves to become so dependent on Chinese manufacturing. But of course, most people didn't want to listen to alarmists like me. Unfortunately, the truth is now evident to everyone. The new normal is here and it's going to be exceedingly painful. Whatever you think that you are going to need for the winter months, go out and get it now. The shortages are just beginning and the global economy will never be the same after this. All right. So very important things to consider here. And so if you're not a person who is is hanging with the news and staying on top of things, that might all this stuff might be kind of like new information to you. The stuff that I might have said in the Prevotional this last week about shortages and, you know, the S word and all that kind of stuff. You maybe some people were rolling their eyes and saying, "Okay, well, whatever, Todd. But the fact is, is that that's going to happen. And I've been hearing about it from different people like uh, Chris Martinson from hearing about it in Michael Snyder's articles, hearing about it from people in the exclusive email group just talking about, you know, there are some smaller school districts that have sent out letters to their stakeholders and to their parents saying, Hey, you're we're we can't get the food that we normally get. We don't, we're not going to have the choices that we normally have in school. I mean, your kids can, will be able to buy lunch. Your kids will be fed, but they're not going to have the choices. So if your kids don't like what is being served, they need to be able to bring something from home. So those those kinds of things are going out from school districts. You've never heard of stuff like that before. I mean, that's that stuff that's that's very new. And I know, like you know, last year we had shortages, and everybody chopped chopped that up to the, uh, you know, to the 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 pandemic and and all that kind of you know the shortages and and all that kind of stuff. That for you know that reason that way. But now here we are, and there's really going to be a supply crunch, no matter how you 
look at it or whatever you believe. Is it is it a planned thing? Are they doing it on purpose? Is it truly something that is 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 happening? You know, is it truly um, the factories in China are you know they don't have the power to to operate? Then there you go. You know, is it is it really that? So it doesn't matter why it's happening. Just know that it's going to affect the bottom line when you go to the grocery store and all the things that you have ever. I mean, you've never had an issue going and getting. It's always been plentiful on the shelves. You're going to start to experience that. So I mentioned Chris Martinson here. He did an excellent uh, video on the energy crisis. And I think it was uh, released this last week at the very beginning of this week. So you can get his information on YouTube or you can uh, subscribe to his podcast. So his podcast is Peak Prosperity. I'm going to link to the YouTube video if you want to go check that out. But if you are a member of the email list, uh, not the group, but the email list, I sent that out in the Saturday prep. So that was one of the links that I highly recommend everyone go watch. And so I'm going to link to that. If you're you know, into podcasts, definitely. I mean, of course, you're into podcasts. You're listening to a podcast. But if you want to subscribe to his, uh, he deals with a lot of financial stuff. So it's not always something that you might be interested in. It's not like one of those you know, pick and choose type things. But it was a very interesting um, uh, presentation that he had. So I would highly recommend that you listen to it or go watch it because it helps you to understand where the, the crisis and the energy crisis and all that stuff is coming from. So uh, that's coming from Chris Martinson. And like I said, I'm going to link to the video in the show notes, but you can also uh, you know get his podcast called Peak Prosperity. Just yesterday, or actually this morning uh, on Twitter, I'd, I saw, or actually yesterday I saw that Lebanon was having blackouts because of power issues. Now, a lot of people would expect, okay, Lebanon has been going through major, major crisis. They've had a lot of things going on. The The government is in disarray. And so people would look at that and it's like, all right, that's understandable that they would have some power outages. Things aren't being taken care of like they need to be taken care of. But then you also read, oh, I read on Twitter today that not only Lebanon, but China is starting to experiencing experience blackouts. Again, I kind of talked about that in Michael Schneider's uh, piece, but then also India is talking about, there's places in India that are saying, hey, if we don't ration or we're not careful here, we're going to start experiencing blackouts because they can't create the power that they normally, or the amount of power that they normally have because of the coal shortage. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And again, like I said, regardless of how you feel of why the shortages are happening or what's you know what's going into all of that it's happening and so it's going to be experienced by those of us at the end of the line right so one of the things that is going to be important for us to consider is food now again i don't think we're going to venezuela style um, collapse. I think we're going to be going, um, have experienced this very slow, unless something big happens, right? But if we continue going the way that we're going, I believe we're going to have this, this slow collapse and it's, we're just going to be inconvenienced. And like this article said that we read from Michael Schneider, your hour of errands might turn into, okay, I need to go to this store. I need to go to this store. I need to go to this store because I need to find everything that I'm uh, that I want, or either with that, go without. But one thing that we want to make sure that we do have 
regardless of the shortages or whatever that might be, is we have enough food, right? That's always one of the things that we we talk about. And for those of us in preparedness, uh, we know that I've always stressed, you know, start with the canned food. That's that's what you need to build up your pantry first and then move to food buckets. And that's, uh, you know, creating your own food buckets because you're creating uh, the staples there and you, you're doing what you, you're buying what you want to uh, to cook with and, and what you want to have on in, in stock. So over at Prep School Daily, the article that we are going to look at is the amounts of various foods that buckets will hold and how to store them. And so let me let me say this. Some people, I know we had a member in the exclusive email group that were making their own buckets and they were a little uh, nervous because the idea is you're, you're making these food buckets because you want to have food later on down the road. You're stock, stocking up and, and, and you're doing that. You want to make sure that when you bust open the buckets and you, you open up the Mylar bags and you do all that, that it is available for you. Like it's not bad. There, there's not critters in there. There's not, um, you know, it, it just has been spoiled. And so I completely understand that. And one of the things that you can easily do is if it would make you feel a little bit better. First of all, it's not hard to do. It's not hard to make food buckets. Um, you just need to acquire the supplies that you need and then go ahead and make them. And from what I'm uh, hearing, I'm not hearing anybody having issues getting Mylar bags and oxygen absorbers and buying bulk and you know at like Sam's or Costco or or places like that where you can get some deals. So I, I don't, I'm not hearing a lot of that. I mean, some people might not be able to find exactly what they want, but you're still able to get, you know, somebody posted in the exclusive email group about going to Costco and they were able to find everything pretty much that they wanted. So there's still a lot of opportunity to do that. So the thing is, is that make your food buckets. And if you don't feel comfortable or you're concerned, open them up in a week. And, you know, go a week and say, okay, hey, how are these looking? Or open them up in a couple of months and like, okay, how how does this look, you know, to me? Does it look good? Does it look like it, it still is fresh? Does it look like the Mylar is, is bags are, are compromised or, you know, uh, you know, whatever it might be? And so it's not going to hurt you to do that. And if you need to, if you're making a bunch of buckets, you only open up one bucket and you're able to get a good idea of how everything else is going. Uh, you can always buy more Mylar and more oxygen absorbers and open them up and then transfer them again and kind of go from there if you really want to feel more comfortable. But if you if you want to have food stocked away, this is really one of the big ways to do it is to put away some food bucket. So let's go ahead and read this one because... This article is going to give you some ideas. I'm not going to, there's a, a table here. I'm not going to read through the whole table. I'm just going to give you some great ideas of uh, what, what uh, like a five gallon bucket can hold as far as the amount of food. And, and you can kind of go from there. So again, coming to us from Prep School Daily, the amounts of various foods that buckets will hold and how to store them. In reality, especially in a situation where society has collapsed for whatever reason, it is the woman doing the cooking. If you're in a larger group, more reality is that it's the older women doing the cooking. And in reality, reality bites. Those buckets get heavier as women get older and it gets harder to wrangle them. The grains and beans that emergency preparedness stores sell often come in six-gallon buckets. And that sounds really great. You get a lot of food, usually around 45 pounds of wheat or beans in those buckets. 
And then you think about hauling around one of those buckets. It doesn't sound like fun. Home Depot and Lowe's sell five-gallon buckets. Last I checked, they weren't food grade, but if you're lining your buckets with Mylar bags, then it's okay. When filled, they're still too heavy for me. We started off our married life with getting larger buckets from the hotel my husband worked at. Then we got them from a donut shop and grocery store bakeries. And over the years, we've noticed that the buckets just keep getting smaller. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I just can't handle the larger buckets very well anymore. At least not when they're filled with food other than oats. So the five and six gallon buckets that used to hold wheat and beans are now used for oats and lightweight medical supplies. I much prefer getting the four gallon buckets from the local donut shop. It's a much more reasonable size for my physical capabilities, which seems to be diminishing with the years. And I'm not that old yet. And because they're free, they match my financial capabilities as well. If you're younger and larger, the larger buckets will work just fine for you. They did for me for many years. But if you've got a smaller frame or you're older, smaller buckets may be the way to go. Use what works with your family and your storage plans. Keep in mind that some items are just better stored in cans or mylar bags, especially more expensive foods that spoil quickly with exposure to air or moisture or things you really don't use very often. For our family, that would include milk, powdered eggs, dehydrated and dried foods, and freeze-dried anything. We use the buckets for our long-term storage foods like wheat, rice, flour, sugar, beans, and pasta. The general rule of thumb is that each bucket will hold about 25 pounds of food. Of course, this varies slightly, but for quick mental calculations about how much food will fit and how much buckets, you, how many buckets you will need, as well as figuring out how much space they will take, it works. Each is also exactly 12 inches wide. Most are HDPE number two buckets, but some are PP number five, also a safe choice. All are with gasketed lids. When filling buckets, tap them to settle contents down and fit more in. It's essential to get them packed compactly and get as much airspace out as possible for the oxygen absorbers to work properly. So while it is definitely more convenient to just put 25 pounds of food in a bucket, regardless of whether the bucket is filled, it is better to fill the bucket completely and then add the oxygen absorbers so that all the oxygen can be removed. For optimal long-term storage, use Mylar bags inside your buckets. Fill the Mylar bags with food, add the appropriate number of oxygen absorbers, and seal. However, if you are really good about rotating your food, the Mylar bags are not necessary. If your wheat, rice, oats, and beans are going to be used within five years, the Mylar isn't needed. The chart below provides estimates only for the amount of food that will fit in each bucket. Your results will vary based on how much you're able to tap your buckets and settle the contents. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read down this list and I'm going to read the five gallon bucket version. So she's done a great job of providing like a, a four gallon bucket, five gallon bucket and a six gallon bucket. But for my purposes, for the most part, I just, I use the buckets from Home Depot and I use Mylar bags and oxygen absorbers. And I think most people will do that. Uh, I've never had trouble finding buckets at Home Depot. Uh, sometimes you might have to walk around the store a little bit because they, they move them around. So Home Depot or Lowe's, and then they do sell the lids that have the gaskets in there. So to uh, be able to use uh, uh, a little rubber mallet to, to tap those lids down. First off is corn. Again, reading five gallons. So you can put 37 pounds of food in there. 
and the oxygen absorbers are going to be 1500 so 1500 cc's on that one flour you can do 33 pounds with a 1500 uh, cc oxygen absorber popcorn 33 pounds 1500 oxygen absorber rice 33 pounds 1500 uh, oxygen absorber wheat 36 pounds with a 1500 cc oxygen absorber then moving to quick oats you can do 18 with 4000 cc oxygen absorber so that's a, a lot more than than i've normally heard before uh, rolled oats 20 pounds with 4000 cc's of uh, your oxygen absorbers macaroni 21 pounds with 3000 cc's uh, penne pasta 15 pounds with 3000 spaghetti 29 pounds with 3000 cc's of oxygen absorbers black beans with 37 37 pounds 3000 kidney beans 37 pounds 3000 worth of uh, oxygen absorbers there uh, lima beans 33 pounds pinto beans 33 pounds uh, again all these are 3000 uh, cc's small white i guess those are small white beans 37 pounds white beans 33 pounds with 3000 uh, cc's of oxygen absorbers lentils 37 pounds with 3000 split peas 37 with 3000 potato flakes 12.5 pounds with 4000 uh, cc's of oxygen absorbers then sugar you don't want to put any uh, oxygen absorbers there right for sugar but you can put 35 pounds in a five gallon bucket and then brown sugar 29 pounds and uh so the brown sugar uh, you might want to to consider that one uh, she's got a little note here also note that if you live at an altitude above 4,000 feet you need about 20 percent less oxygen absorber capacity so once you have more than a few buckets of food you start wondering about where to put them all if you've got a large family and you're storing food to last more than a couple of months you've got a real conundrum on your hands keep in mind that your buckets will not last forever sunlight hopefully you are not storing your food in the sun as that's a really bad idea and age will deteriorate plastic as will putting excessive weight on the buckets under most conditions buckets should only be stacked three to four high with the heaviest buckets being on the bottom i do stack mine higher but the higher ones contain only the lightest of items medical supplies like gauze and mask and fiber from my girls sheep and rabbits all of which weigh only a pound or two at most Yes, they could be stored in other ways, but the buckets are rodent, moth, and waterproof. Actually, I guess I should say rodent resistant. We've never had any rodents chew through our buckets or even make an attempt. But I have read of others having a problem. Because plastic is not completely impermeable, the buckets should not be stored directly on concrete. If necessary, put some 2x4 boards underneath to raise them above the concrete. So she has some links here for oxygen absorbers and buckets, uh, long-term food storage, uh, bucket wrenches. And then uh, she has some list of articles that she used to uh, do some research here that you can go if you wanted to, to do a deeper dive into this topic. So uh, good information there. You know, again, like I said, uh, one of the things about where, where we're headed is you want to just make sure you have food. And you can start doing that now and, and planning now. From Again, like what I said earlier, I've not heard about 
uh, food buckets or mylar or, or, you know, even getting the big staples, having issues finding those types of things. Um, there might be some shortages of, of uh, I don't know, maybe some specific kind of oats or beans that you're looking for. If you're looking big bulk and going to like Costco and Sam's and stuff like that. But for the most part, most people aren't having that issue right now. So you can go ahead and uh, start stocking up if that's something that you want to do. And, and I highly recommend it. So I want to transition from the energy and food and just give a little bit of or give some ideas about moving forward in the current state that we're in. Because I think when some of this stuff starts to become reality, for the most part, I think everyone listening to this podcast understands where we are, understands the importance of all of this stuff. But that doesn't mean that we are not isolated from the feelings and isolated from what's going to be happening. So I think, you know, getting our heads kind of screwed on right, I think it's always helpful. And hopefully I can just share some some ideas here. So I just want to share about seven things that I've written down and hopefully they'll be a blessing to you. So the first one is this. As we move forward in, in this crazy time that we're in, and again, like I said at the very beginning, I, I believe it's a time that none of us have really truly experienced before. Um, at least those of us who are living. We might have had parents who were, or grandparents that were in the depression, Great Depression, and their stories, but really it's not something that we have experienced. So number one, I'm going to say don't become angry and bitter. There is a scripture in Hebrews chapter 12 that talks about the root of bitterness. And I have seen this in people around me lately. Actually, I did a message on this not too long ago. And I'm not going to preach to you here, but I'm just talking about when we allow bitterness to take hold in our lives, it's really easy to grow. There's a reason why the, the author of Hebrews talks about the root of bitterness, because just like any other plant or weed, you know, you, it starts off really small and then it can continue to grow. And as it the roots are sent down, it, you know, it becomes, you know, a, a harder uh, plant to remove. And it's really easy to look at the world that is it's happening and become angry and become bitter and, you know, look at politics and look at other countries and look at all the things that are going on and allow that to be your constant focus. And there are people that are out there that are like that. They're always upset. They're always angry. They're always mad. They're always, it's this person's fault and this person's fault. And we got to be careful about that because that takes you down a road that's very hard to come back from. And there might be people that are depending on you right now. There are people that need you to, to be that support for them. And so you don't want to just be angry and bitter. There, there's people that I know that, that are like that for whatever reason, and you can only be around them for so long. You know, if you're not careful, you start to catch on to their attitude. So you got to be very careful. So if you find yourself being angry and bitter and you're always upset at everything that you're reading online or, you know, all everything that's happening in politics and, and, and all the things that are going out, you know, with the jab and, and everything that's happening there, I think we, we need to be, we need to understand what's happening and all that kind of stuff. But don't allow that to take over your life and make you into a bitter person, all right? The second thing is outside of the box thinking will serve you really well in this time. When, when we are looking at all the things that are going on and the different shortages and different things that are happening, 
thinking outside of the box and being able to see things differently than just the way that it's always been, I think will be very helpful. And you're able to use, uh, come up with other ideas and come up with uh, ways of seeing things, have different perspectives on things, maybe bouncing them around. That's why I love the, the email group because people can share out things and people will share their ideas and their perspectives and their perceptions. And sometimes it's something that you didn't even completely think about. And I think that's really helpful, especially in the times that we're in. Uh, thinking about you know, like frugal cooking and stuff like that. I think that's going to be important. Thinking outside of the box of how you can how you can you know, continue to cook and live the way that you normally live, but with tweaks and things that you weren't thinking about before. The third thing that I would say is what can you do to save and earn money? You know that I've always talked about a side hustle, even way before the pandemic, before the you know COVID, before all of that stuff. I've always talked about that you should have a side hustle of some sort where you can make extra money. Yeah, you know we we come from our jobs and we we're tired and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think that there is a, a true need and a true desire should be. On, in, in your heart to be able to, like, hey, how can I add to my family budget? How can I have a little bit more money here? I mean, I can sit down and watch TV, you know, and veg out all night long, or I can be productive. So what can you do to earn uh, more money? And what can you do to save more money? I think people need to be purposeful about that going into this uh, this new normal that we're in. You know, I was really happy to hear you know one of the secretaries at work said, Todd, I need to earn more money. I didn't I didn't save enough. I don't have enough for retirement. I know that I'm not gonna work, you know, forever. And so, you know, I need some ideas because um, there was a lot of talk about the the big powerball and everybody was kind of, you know, whoa man, wouldn't that be fun if you won that? And she started, you know, talking about I need to find a way to earn more money. And so I started talking to her about, hey, what is your passion? What is something that you like to do, you know, and go, you know, take that passion, whatever it is, and turn that into a little side hustle where you can earn a little bit more money and you can add to your retirement fund or to your uh, emergency fund or what, you know, just your family budget, your monthly budget in general to maybe to pay down some debt. So what can you do to save and earn money? Number four is what opportunities do you see due to the situation around you? Sometimes when we start to see problems, it's really easy to focus on the problem. But sometimes when we have problems, that means that there is a solution out there. And so when you see all the things that are happening around you right now and everything that's happening and there's so many things going on, right? All the problems that you see, do you see any opportunities that you can come in and Maybe use that, you know, bouncing off of number three, which was save and earn money. Maybe you could come in as a side hustle and, and do something like that, uh, you know, with the opportunities that you see. But it could be that you just pick up opportunities to, you know, bring in some extra food or opportunities to barter or opportunities to, uh, you know, to exchange, whatever it might be. But just look for those opportunities now. You know, one of the things that, that I have noticed is people are still giving away free things. Uh, I, you know, people are still cleaning out homes and, and doing things like that. And uh, on, on one of my local groups that I go to that I see, you know, people are like, hey, I'm giving away this, these items here. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to get rid of this. You know, somebody was giving away a whole playground set in their backyard and one of those big playground sets with, uh, you know, made out of wood and all those, you know, just a really big one that would probably cost a couple of thousand dollars. And they're like, you can have it. You just need to bring tools and remove it and it's free. And so there's, that would be an opportunity for either you, uh, you know, you take it apart and you bring it home or you go, you take some pictures of it and you break it down and then you put it up somewhere and say, Hey, I'm selling this, you know, this playground set and I will come set it up for you for this amount of money. And you make a little bit of extra money doing something like that. So there are opportunities out there. Number five, and the things that I'm going to say here is plan, plan, plan. I think if you have been really used to just like spare the moment type things, hey, I'm just going to run to the store here, run to the store there. Um, you know, like I said, Christmas is coming or Thanksgiving or whatever. I think now you need to be in that mode of, okay, I want to plan out. So plan your budget. I think I think it's important to look at your budget. You should have a monthly budget. Look at your budget and be purposeful about where your money is going and how you're spending money, how you're saving money. I think you need to plan your food menu. You need to be thinking about food and, uh, you know, thinking uh, going out a week, going out two weeks. Um, of course, your your food storage and all that kind of stuff. Planning your food menu so that you're able to not worry about, hey, am I going to have food to feed my family? Or I know my family is in, in not even just worried about, you know, do we have food to eat, but do I have food, nutritious food? Do I have food that my kids are going to like and going to eat? And if that means planning a little bit ahead, then go ahead and do that. I think it'd be smart to forecast out three, six, 12 months, like Michael Schneider's article talked about, thinking about wintertime. If there's something that you're going to need in wintertime, maybe it's something you buy now. If it's something you're going to need next spring, you know, buy it now. Um, so start forecasting out what do you need, you know, three months out, six months out, 12 months out. And so you're you're able to plan those things uh, ahead of time and you're able to, to think through what needs to happen. If you can't exactly find what you're what you normally have, you're able to go with uh, something else, you know, a substitute or you're able to make plans around that. Number six is pay attention without becoming overwhelmed at all the negativity. So I think it's very important for those of us that are preparedness minded, that we see all the things that are coming coming down. I think it's very important for us to be aware and be up to date on what is happening. However, I know that some people get anxiety from just reading news all the time. I know of people who are like, I don't want to read about it. I don't want to hear about it. I can't sleep at night. Uh, I, I hear from people all the time that, that talk about that. So here's the thing. Don't neglect it, but make sure that you are still finding out what's going on. So whether that is like in the exclusive email group where someone is sharing stuff out or whether that is um, maybe you... Uh, listen to some of the prophecy updates that John Haller does or uh, Jacob Prash does, and uh, you're getting some idea of what is happening out there. Um, maybe you go to Twitter every so often, or you go to the alt, alt news hub that I have over on Prepper website, and you and you look at that maybe you know once a week or something along those lines. But you're still staying 
up to date on what is going on. Because if you know what is happening, you know that shortages are coming or you know that this thing is coming down, you, you can make better decisions and you can make better plans. So if you're one of those people that like, okay, you know, I can't uh, listen to any of that kind of stuff, find a way, find a source to stay up to date on what is happening and what is going on without all the negativity, you know, so whatever that might be for you. And then the last is going to be, be grateful. I think that's so important. Moving forward into this day and age that we're in is be grateful for what we have. You know, we live and I know that there's people that that listen to the podcast all over the world. And I'm very grateful for our all the the listeners all over the world. Those of us who live in uh, you know Western culture, Western society, those of us who live in you know nations that are are would consider would be considered wealthy. You know, we are grateful. Even we should be grateful. We are blessed, even though things are not the way that we would want them to be. Although things are not exactly like we, uh, you know, if we had our way and we could, you know, paint the sky, we would paint it exactly the way that we want. Um, it's not that, you know, those th- that way. There are some countries that you go to the grocery store and you don't have anything. I mean, you're standing in line for hours and hours to hours to come back home with maybe one meal. And if you're not experiencing something like that, you know, sometimes, you know, oh my gosh, I didn't get my favorite brand of whatever, uh, but I had to to deal with this other no-name brand. Okay, you know, it might be a lot. But again, remembering that some people are truly, truly suffering and we have, um, we're just blessed. I mean, you know, so living from a a point of gratefulness and being grateful i think is is important um there is a a quote that i want to read from Diedrich Bonhoeffer who uh was a minister during world war 2 and was uh, killed by the the nazis i think it was like 2 weeks before germany was uh, liberated and, and uh, you know the germans uh, lost the war but uh, this is a quote for, again from Diedrich Bonhoeffer it says in normal life we hardly realize how much more we receive than we give. And life cannot be rich without such gratitude. It is so easy to overestimate the importance of our own achievements compared with what we owe to the help of others. So there are people out there that are a blessing to you. There are you know, the, the workers that are bringing things in, the people that have not said, hey, you know what, I'm going to stay home and, and just uh, collect unemployment. But I'm going to work. I'm going to put forth the effort. I'm going to do this type of stuff. I'm going to to uh, do the heavy lift here. There's people that are that we can be grateful for, for, for doing the things that, that need to be done and stocking the shelves and, uh, you know, making work uh, available and, and all those different kinds of things. I think it's just important to be grateful and to continue on with that attitude. It's really easy to go the opposite way and to go sideways, but being grateful for what we have and and coming back to reality and saying, hey, you know, the life that we live here is is pretty good compared to, you know, when you compare it. And yeah, it, it, it might have gone downhill from where we were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But uh, you know exactly what I mean. We, we, when we sit back and we take a look around and we're able to take a deep breath and stop with all the, the noise that is out there, we are blessed. And so be grateful for that.
Well, guys, that's it for episode 714. Hey, don't forget, I'm going to link to all of these articles uh, in the show notes. I'm also going to link to Chris Martinson's video. I think everyone should take a look at that. And uh, hopefully all of this has been a blessing for you. Hey, don't forget, if you want to subscribe to the show, make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best articles out there related to self-reliance. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.